0: It is official. Gregory Council is the Brewers' all time winning manager. Let us rejoice. Phil Gardner uh, even had a message for Craig. Rowdy Telez with the ice bath for one Craig Council. And we are looking at 564 victories for Craig as the Brewers beat a Mets team. The runs actually come in a big way. And I'm not talking about going to Taco Bell. They beat the New York Mets 10-2. Rowdy, you have quite the little story about uh, your Milwaukee Brewers now. So, Bally Sports, even before this when it was Fox Sports Wisconsin, uh, them and I think their parent company, Sinclair uh, Broadcasting, was in an argument with a lot of the streaming services. Um,
1: yeah, the last time that uh, Dish Network uh, subscribers had Fox Sports Wisconsin before it went off air... That was back when uh, people would consider Keston Hira as good.
0: Yeah, because I was to say, your last game, wasn't a Keston Hira home it was,
1: run? It was Keston Hira walk-off home run to right center against the Chicago Cubs in July of 2019. I
0: was going to say, this had been like 2019. So that's the last time. <laughs> still no deal. No, still no deal. I also have Hulu Live, so I don't get any um, You know, Milwaukee. I have to get an illegal stream. Rowdy gets his streams as well. And, and they're always
1: behind, too. Oh, so yeah. like, you'll get the notification Majority of time before the stream comes through. So it'll be like, well, for example, Keston here is up with a one-two count. All of a sudden, you'll get a notification, say he hits a home run. (laughs) Then there'll be another pitch and say it's a ball, so it goes 2-2. Then the next pitch, you'll hit a home run. Yeah,
0: I mean, we're a victim of, you know, these two entities fighting with each other. Um, You know, Sinclair Broadcasting, where the hell they are, the parent company. And then you have uh, the streaming services. So uh, when the Brewers are on national TV, it is a special little treat because there's uh, for not some a of ton us. of national
1: TV out there for baseball. You get the crappy ESPN coverage on Sunday night, mm-hmm. and now once basketball, because basketball is on the ESPN, ABC, yep, TNT, yep, yep. TBS. Once basketball gets over, they sometimes they'll put more baseball on, like say Wednesday nights or whatever when it's uh, midsummer. Yeah, sometimes. And then once in a while on the weekends you'll get like a Fox game, and then if you have MLB Network through your package, those will normally have games. But if the Brewers or even Cubs for that matter are on those channels, they'll block them out.
0: Yeah, it's it's one of the dumbest things ever. So uh, and
1: actually I looked into this, Ebo, because I won free subscriptions to MLB.com, yeah, and like their uh, subscriptions through like a, a fantasy baseball stuff, yeah. Even if you buy that or win a free subscription, if you decide to pick the Brewers but you have a certain coverage, like Dish, yeah. they still black it out That's on That's
0: the you. dumbest. It's the stupidest thing in the world. I've always been the big proponent that the state you live in, you should be able to watch your hometown teams for free on TV, like on a terrestrial TV. We're never going to get that ever. It's never going to happen because the cash rules everything around me. Uh, these people have you know grubby, greedy pockets, uh, but uh, deep pockets, but rowdy. A little special treat, the Milwaukee Brewers, you know, getting on a little some national TV. I was, uh, I was beating the storm a little last night. My wife and I went to Chicken Licks and uh, was riding the storm out a little bit. Um, and then the Brewers were obviously on there, so I, I had some conversation that I wanted to bring up on today's show that I had uh, at Chicken Licks with some of these um, diehard Brewers fans. But Rowdy, a tasty little treat for the Milwaukee Brewers on national TV and the storm
1: that was last night. What happened with you, brother? Yeah, so I got home. And it was two to two to nothing. Brewers turned it on in the fourth inning. Had it on national TV, FSN one. Yeah. I get it from about the third fourth inning, and I'm watching it. All of a sudden, in the top of the fifth inning, huge storm comes. Right, oh, wind, yeah. lightning, rain, everything. My power goes out. Oh no! They had scored two runs in the fifth inning, and then I guess score five more. Yeah. But I did not get to watch the one time. I got two and a half innings, Ebo.
0: The one time Rowdy, or the few times that we get Brewers on national TV, what happens to my poor guy Rowdy over here? The storm hits and knocks his power out. How long do you have without power?
1: Uh, from about 7.30-ish till about 11 o'clock, because then I was almost sleeping, and that's when all the beeping and loud noises tell you that the power's coming back on, yeah. and then pretty much every light in my house was on. <laughs> So I had to go turn them off and then couldn't fall back asleep.
0: Were you, I mean, when you were about to go to sleep, were you nervous that the power wasn't going to come on at all? At that point, I didn't care. He was like, I just want to go to bed. <laughs> yeah, the storm that was last night, my God. It was a wild one, my friends. As, jeez, Well, here in Madison, for me on the north side anyways, it rained really bad for like 10, 15 minutes. And then it kind of subsided. Everyone else around, uh, there was tornadoes, just nuts stuff. Was there any
1: tornadoes about you at all? Or is- I was in a tornado watch and warning throughout the night.
0: Yeah, well, My wife and I were like, we wanted to go to Chicken Licks, you know, a little date night, go on Chicken Licks, get some wings, whatever. And she's like, should we do it? I'm like, Jenny... There wouldn't be a better way to go if we were to go than with a chicken wing in your mouth and a beer in your hand. Hell yeah, we're going. And no crap, we get there. The place is jam packed. A lot of other people have the same ideas. But, Rowdy, how's it feel, though? The Brewers get off the schneid here. Well, I mean, we'll see.
1: They beat a really good team, in the New York Mets tended to. Well, I, I have a couple comments. The first two are on Craig Council. And I guess it's three. First two are on Craig Council. One, congratulations on becoming the all time leading wins. Uh, manager for the Milwaukee Brewers. And it feels kind of nice to see that your all-time win leader for manager actually has a winning record too. Yeah, Because, I mean, Phil Gardner had the record, but he also had a losing winning percentage. (laughs) Therefore, he was just there for a very long time. Yes. So thankfully now the Brewers have a winning record as a manager who has the most wins. And two, my second comment on the Craig Council with the all-time wins is, when the calendar turned to June, and he needed what three more wins? Did you really think that it would take him until no. June fifteenth no. to get three wins?
0: No, <laughs> no, I did not.
1: Like, uh, how long do you think it would have taken him when the when the calendar turned to June, June to 5th? get three wins? Like June fifth? Yeah, by the end of the first <laughs> week?
0: Yeah, uh, not not till June the the night of June fifteenth. But Craig Council finally gets it. Uh, I have audio coming up from Craigery. Uh, about it. R- big ice bath from Rowdy Tellez last night, too. So one Rowdy gave Craig a little nod. Rowdy.
1: So the other thing with the Brewers is they obviously had that awful stretch where they were 1-10 in 10 in 11 I mean, games. They're still in an awful they stretch. They finally, finally won a game against the Nationals, but were still in that terrible stretch. And we talked about, do you see this Brewers team getting better here? Do you think they turned something around? And I think... Pretty much everyone's like, no, they still have almost everyone on the shelf. A ton of guys hurt, a ton of guys not swinging the bats well. But going into the Mets series, when we briefly talked about the series, I think that was on Monday when yeah. we were at uh, Geo's Garden. Yeah. I said, on paper, it looks like the Mets should definitely be favored, clear favorites in game one. They should win that game. They did. The Brewers should be clear favorites on game two with Burns versus uh, Peterson, who's one of the lesser guys in their rotation. The Brewers did win that game. It's 1-1 going into what I would think is more of a toss-up game tonight with the pitching matchup. So I would say so far through two games against the Mets, which are the best team in the NL East uh, for the year, Braves might be the hottest team. Well, they are the hottest team. Well,
0: they've won 13, 14 in a row. 14
1: in a row. But yes, the Mets still currently the best team in the East and one of the better teams in baseball. I'd say right now through two games, they've played up to expectations. Yeah, in this series. Yeah,
0: I mean, you said one and one heading into the uh, the third game. You said that, like you said on Monday. So uh, uh, Corbin Burns looked like the Cy Young Award winner that he was last night. He was looking good, and the offense came alive. It, it was wow! What
1: awesome! I bet Craig Council was. Obviously, extremely happy to get that win, but also extremely happy that he didn't have to lean on Corbin Burns for a third straight outing. Because if you remember last outing, he kept him in there when he wasn't throwing the ball particularly well for 113 pitches. The outing before that, he leaned on him probably longer than he wanted to because he needed his ace to try and break up that losing streak. Yeah. Now he finally got to ride Corbin Burns less than 100 pitches, got him out of there after six innings, and had a huge lead.
0: Yeah. Uh, something that was crazy, uh, so check this out. In the fifth inning for the Milwaukee Brewers, they uh, busted it wide open in the fifth inning. Uh, this, was, uh, this was interesting to me. They intentionally walked, the Mets that is, intentionally walked, Christian Yelich to load the bases to get to Willie Adamas.
1: I saw that. I saw that. It I was, was like, r- what? It was the first time I saw a stat where it was like Christian Yelich was intentionally walked walk for the first time in like forever.
0: Yeah. I'm like I, when I saw that, I'm like, what, what, what did the Mets just do? They intentionally walked Christian Yelich. To get to Willie Adamas with the bases loaded? Also, and then Adamas showed
1: up huge. I also saw a, a Brewers, uh, I believe it was tweet and Facebook message, like a post, yeah. where they were talking about the All-Star voting is coming up. Vote, and vote, obviously, vote, vote. yeah, obviously the All-Star game is the Midsummer Classic. It's in mid-July this year. Yeah, And they were talking about, I think it was after Willie Adamas had a hit where he brought in like a run or two in that fifth inning. They were like, vote Willie Adamas. All-star shortstop. I kind of wanted to put out a poll. Do you vote for the best players when it comes to all-star voting? Or do you just vote for your team? Because remember in the past when yeah, I, could do that for sure. I think it was like the 2013 or 2014 Royals. It was the two years where the Royals went uh, back-to-back World Series and they won one of them. And they're like all. And literally the you know, entire entire, was the entire all-star team was basically Royals yeah, all of them. and Mike Trout. Yeah. And I'll guarantee you the best players in baseball that year especially for the AL, were not all Royals and Mike Trout. Yeah, oh, they had a good team, yeah, yeah. but individual players were more deserving than half of the Royals that were voted in. Me, for me, I fill out one ballot because filling out 30 is just way that's, too yeah, much. Yeah, that's
0: not for me. And I fill I'll do out one.
1: who I think not is the name because I know there were times like with Derek Jeter at the end of his career, Ben's guy. Yeah. He was getting voted in because it was Derek Jeter at the end of his career. His numbers weren't all-star worthy when you looked at other shortstops around the AL, but he carried the name of Derek Jeter. He carried the name of, hey, it's my last season. Hey, he's the captain. You know, respect. But I wouldn't vote for him. I mean, there were other guys more deserving in the AL that I would vote for instead. So that's how I fill out my ballot. And again, one time, I think the 30 rule is insane. It's, it's
0: stupid. If you're voting 30 times for All-Star, A, get a life. Yeah, B, it should be what are you doing? per
1: email address, one vote. Like, th- you get 30 votes?
0: Oh, I understand if you really like baseball, but my God, th- spending that time to vote for your favorite players... For a meaningless All Star game, Uh, whatever. If you want to do it, you want to do it. But it's like in uh, the NBA, Rowdy Yao Ming. So Yao Ming didn't even play; he was injured for almost the entirety of the year. He was still voted into an NBA All Star game because you know the China. I mean, who, who didn't love Yao Ming? China and their billions of people voted for Yao Ming. So, and he wasn't even playing; he was injured. So that goes to uh, what you were just saying for the Twitter poll we're going to unveil then. Do you vote for actually the best players or just the players that you like? Because
1: I think if you look at it as a whole, your ballot should be pretty easy to fill out if you're going by this is the best player at the position. Now you might have a couple different positions where there might be like a few guys that are all really close and then it just kind of comes into what do you value more? Or who do you think's better? So I get that. But a lot of times it kind of spells it out itself because some of the guys are head and shoulders better than uh, the other guys on the ballot. Yeah. And right now for the Milwaukee Brewers, it's just hater. You only get to pick uh, the batters yeah, because pitchers are selected. Yeah. I don't think the Brewers have an all-star when it comes to a hitter.
0: (laughs) No, I don't think they do either.
1: Who would be the best hitter that you would vote for for the Milwaukee Brewers? Like, think about who's having the better seasons. I know, um,
0: what, Renfro walked like
1: three times and had a hit last night. Willie
0: Adamas was getting it going last night. He
1: hasn't had. He he missed. uh, Willie's, Willie's betting 208. Exactly. I, I saw someone uh, comment. 246. I saw someone comment on the the Brewers post about vote Willie Adams, and they commented he's batting 208. <laughs> yeah. I mean, believe it or not, the highest on the team is. The Brewers uh, responded to that guy. By the oh, way, oh, they did. Yeah, they're like, well, there's more to statistics and and winning than just way, batting 208. The
0: Brewers Twitter account in the past month and change has been absolutely brutal. Uh, who's ever running that? Yikes. As uh, did you see after they lost on uh, Tuesday to the Mets, they posted you know the barrel man just saying you know the kids usually post the final like the score. <laughs> they posted the barrel man saying not posting it with the final question final question mark. It's like that's a tough scene on Twitter. B.J. Um,
1: Ashleman on Twitch. Yeah, no, I, I used this. to be one of those people that voted for all the Brewers players a crap load of times a day. Then I got a life. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Listen, I there was a point in my life, too, where I voted a bunch for All-Star stuff. And then eventually, as B.J. just said and I suggested before, I think it's time to get a life. No, but yeah, we'll get to this Twitter poll, Rowdy. Uh, so the Brewers Twitter account... Going after people for saying why would I vote for Willie Adams?
1: And obviously those are clearly Brewer fans. I don't. I don't follow any other team's yeah, tw- Well, Twitter account. I don't either.
0: <laughs> I see we a lot of things to talk about today. Well, we'll I just to-
1: look around the diamond and go,
0: who's the all-star? I, I mean, look at so. Okay, I'm trying to look at uh, averages here. Hunter Renfro's the most at 246 and, last and night, and again
1: he was batting 260. Before he got hurt, he then dropped all the way below 240, and then last night, uh, since he hasn't had as many at-bats as someone that's playing all year, yeah. he b- jumps up quite a bit when he gets a hit, in average-wise. Hasn't been that yeah. great he's since he's come off the shelf, but he would arguably one of your, your better selections. You can easily, I think I could probably argue, 10 outfielders that yeah. are better than him. Victor Carantini's 244. I- Rowdy Telez maybe at first base, but clearly... You can pick probably at least one guy just from the central that's head and shoulders better than Rowdy yeah, Teles, and that's Paul Goldschmidt. He's an MVP candidate. So,
0: I mean, this just goes to Nelly's Twitter poll. Do you vote for the best player or the team that you love, or the players that you like? Rowdy obviously likes the Brewers, I think. Won't vote for him though, because in his eyes, they're not deserving. The King on Twitch says the Brewers are not going to say don't vote for any of the players because they suck. Uh, you're totally right, King. The Brewers aren't going to do that. They're going to prop their guys up. Uh, Willie Adamas would be fun in the All-Star game because he's a fun character. But will he actually get uh, crack the roster?
1: I think they have two, maybe three guys that are currently willing for the All-Star game and deserving to be voted in, and those are guys you can't vote for. Yeah. <laughs> They're selected. Yeah. That'd be Josh Hader, clearly, yeah. Yeah. who's now on maternity, maternity leave. So he'll be gone for maybe a week, maternity a few league, days. Yeah. Corbin Burns, because he's been that good, but hasn't had any run support. And maybe you could argue Eric Lauer or Devin Williams. Yeah, I'm going to actually pause this quick here.
0: Yeah, we'll, we'll get more to it in the win last night. Also, uh, Packers uh, have said OTAs are done. They'll reconvene in late July for training camp. We'll get to that. I have all kinds of comments. Uh, we got to get to CC uh, Sabathia. So Miles Michaelis was pulled from uh, completing his game. Uh, 129 pitches, is that what
1: 129. Yeah. And and it was a ball where Harrison Bader would tell you he broke in when he should have broke back, and he just got over his head. I well, guarantee if you asked him, he'd say, I make that play 99 times out of 100.
0: Yeah, I, well, I'm not going to go with uh, Bader in the outfield. I'm, more Miles Michaelis and the comments he made and CC Sabathia's comments, and also what his teammates said of him not being allowed to finish the game. So we're going to have a nice little let pitchers pitch uh, topic today. Uh, all kinds of good stuff. Uh, line one, good morning, though. Who's this? Yellow. Line two, good morning. Who's this? Hey,
2: it's Adam, guys. How's Adam, good?
0: what's up, brother? What's happening?
2: Hey, I was just uh, on the drive into work on an actually beautiful day for
0: once. And um, Yeah, you just survived uh, uh, the storm last night.
2: Barely. I was home not uh, home from the gym like two minutes when the iron started going off.
0: Oh, dude, I was uh, coming home from Chicken Licks, and uh, as I was about, eh, I'd say like three miles from home, that's when it just unleashed. It was wild,
2: dude. Wild. Yeah, you could feel it coming. It was one of those where you could feel it in the air, you know, yeah, oh, yeah. before it even got there. It's crazy. Hey, I, uh I was listening to, to you guys chime in on the All-Star stuff, and I just was curious to stick your brains on where uh, defensive ratings and, and some of that stuff slots in uh, to All-Star line of thinking because Adamus is really good at, like, uh, I think he's, like, number one in, like, runs defense, and and, and he's right there with put outs, and uh, I think his lore is pretty good, too, so I was just curious, like, how you, how well, there's you that. that. Also,
0: when I look at Willie Adams too, like he's a really fun individual. Like he's the heartbeat of the Milwaukee Brewers. So that, you know, you, just because you have a low batting average doesn't mean you're not like a good team player and a good clubhouse guy. So just like him being at the All Star game would be cool because he's like a you know he's a, just a feisty fun guy. You know.
2: Sure. Yeah. He's, he's energetic. Uh, came from an American League team that was that was productive, and and so he's got a little bit of yeah. exposure there. So it could be good for. What about
0: defense in All Star games, Rowdy? See, that's I look Adam's at question. that a
1: little bit, but normally that would be like my me personally when I vote. That'll be like if there are three guys that are really close. Your tiebreaker. Okay. Yeah.
2: Okay. Yeah, I just you know I'm I'm not trying to put the the round peg through the square hole. Um, no, you can do whatever you want, bro. Obviously, we want it. Well, no, it, it that, that's that's a piece of the puzzle, and you know I and the other All Star games, they don't give even the defensive NFL players. Yeah. It's all name, you know. I remember yeah. that one All Star game. So, Granted, it's Kobe, but he,
0: he played, like, what, nine games and still made all three? Yeah, I was like
1: Yao Ming when he was hurt all year. They still voted I, yeah. I think in the so, NBA, it's like, uh, oh, yeah, this guy, there's, like, two guys that get selected for defense.
0: Right, yeah. <laughs> no sure. one else plays it. Here's a little something different. Usually we play a little Led Zeppelin, you know? I've been in yeah, a...
3: Where, where, where's when the levy breaks, my friend? Well,
0: it's, a, it's still Led Zeppelin. Don't get me wrong, Robbie. I've been in a bluegrass mood lately. Uh-huh. And I stumbled on an album. I once had it when I was a kid. I stumbled on this album again. It's called Pickin' on Led Zeppelin. And Uh-oh. it's a bluegrass tribute band, all inspired by. Did you hear this? Led Zeppelin. What do you think, Rob? What do you think, Robbie? It's okay. I'm, I'm no, it's okay!
4: Yet.
3: I'm, I'm not. I'm not big on guys who can't come up with their own stuff. In our <laughs> that's, that, 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 that's just me. I, you know, the people that 30 years later remake a song or, you know, try to try to follow a similar movie script or something. It's, it's not my cup of tea,
0: there's but, nothing uh, worse than the reboots. I do like. I do love a little uh, bluegrass, though. And the uh, was the Led Zeppelin stylings. I can get down with it, Rob. I'll, I'll play the. Uh, I'll play the real Led Zeppelin on your outro, okay?
3: Well, no, 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 you're all good. I was going to say, we, we, we got five or six weeks where there's not a lot going on, so we can play and experiment and, and get ourselves ready for the season, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. Who doesn't love to experiment a little bit, Rob? It's like we're back in college, right? All right, so time, time of the year. Yes, exactly. <laughs> right, there you go. Rob, before we do get into uh, the Green Bay Packers, any words of encouragement or congratulations for one Craig uh, counsel? He's now the all-time winningest for Milwaukee Brewers manager. Rowdy Tellaz gave him an ice bath. Uh, this Rowdy over here, uh, Rowdy Razor, you said what, Rowdy?
1: I said congratulations. It's nice that the Brewers all time winningest manager now has a winning record.
0: Robin, any words of encouragement for Craig? Well, I mean, if, if you're in a
3: position long enough, I mean eventually you're gonna you're gonna set some records and things like that. It's it's a franchise where the bar isn't raised real high, guys, right? I I looked it up the other day. I, I I think the all-time winning percentage of the franchise is like 445, right? So less than 45% of their games. I, I, I literally, Evo, still see people driving around the Milwaukee area with with license plates and bumper stickers hailing the 1982 Brewers <laughs> who who won absolutely nothing. But that is the greatest team in, in franchise history. So you know me. I'm going to always find the glass half-empty, Evo. Win a, win a <laughs> World Series, Craig and and then we'll celebrate you 247365 on this show. Um and and God knows the, 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 this is the time to do it. They've never had a pitching staff like this. If the GM can get them a bat or two and the manager doesn't mess it up, they 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 have a chance to go somewhere uh in the if, if they can get into the postseason, evil, That 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 that's certainly not uh locked in by any means right now. I think they're sixth or seventh in in the National League, but uh I mean, what, whatever. Nice, nice guy. <laughs> Kudos to you, Craig, for 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 a record no one's going to remember here two <laughs> weeks from now. Um, and uh, well, you know, Robbie, well, I, 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 mean, I, I don't know I, if I, I ever told you
0: this, but I love you, dude. I love you,
3: Rob. Evo, much like Green Bay in the postseason. That's all we remember, right? I mean. <laughs> Yeah, go go and go and beat the Braves in in the playoffs for once. Go and beat the Dodgers and you know wh- whoever else you run into this year—the Padres, the Mets, whatever it is. This organization needs to do something. evil, win more than forty-five percent of their games and, and 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 run around every every few years, every five years or so, praising that eighty-two Brewer team. Come on, come on, guys—they've they've been here fifty years and they, they've been they've given us nothing but grief.
0: Rob, Rob Rice for joining us right now, Forbes.com, Conley Media. Rob, again, I absolutely love you, dude. All right, so, Robbie, when it comes to the Green Bay Packers, uh, OTAs are done. What, what did you think of the OTAs here that was? Anyone really standing out for you? I know it was just kind of the rookies uh, You know and the younger guys around this week. And Rashawn Gary was there saying it, it's about setting a standard for the Packers. It's about you know knowing your history and setting a standard. What, what was the final takeaway on the uh, OTAs here for the Packers?
3: Yeah, obviously a pretty quiet week over there, Evo. Um, you know, they only let us in on Tuesday, but uh, you know, whatever. It, it, it's great, and I've mentioned this on your show before. You know, just just to again again not only see these guys on the field, but then get a chance to to sit and talk with with some of the young guys and the new guys who who you know even even third year guys, Evo, are, are new to some of us media in terms of sitting down and talking to them just because of the last two. Crazy COVID seasons and and things like that. So you know, for example, I I sat there for fifteen minutes the other day with uh, you know with with, with uh, you know the the, the tight end uh, Josiah DeGuara. Yeah. and you know I mean it's his third year there and we had never met. I mean, so a lot of no one there's a lot of guys that have never met Jordan Love and you know things like that and, and, and he was available again on Wednesday um, or on Tuesday. Overall takeaways, Evo. You know some of these young. Rookie wideouts flash, but as I was telling Nelly, um, you know, in 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 the break, let's see what happens now when Eric Stokes is covering them in in a month, right? When Jair is is out there uh, on a consistent basis, when they have to beat Rasul Douglas, um, you know, in in his press coverage, they're doing it right now against you know KBNento in in, uh, in his games and. Third, fourth, and fifth string corners and things like that, but but there's a reason to be a little bit optimistic that these young guys maybe can give them at, at the wideout group a little bit more than, than we thought on draft night. But but again, once pads go on and once the once the veterans and the starters are, are all locked in, we're we're going to find out and, and we're going to know a lot more. Uh, you mentioned Rashawn Gary. I mean, I I think it's a great story. I think it's terrific. Um, you know, that, that he's been there for all this off season stuff. I, I wrote a piece last week, Ebo, he's going to be the guy who's going to get the next big contract in green Bay. Jair just got his last month. Uh, Rashawn Gary is going to be next. He, he's going to break the bank at outside linebacker after, after what he did last year. Uh, You know, the the sacks don't jump off the page. They're impressive. You know, the, you know, he, he pushed double-digit sacks, but his pressures, Evo, were number two in the league. Um, now he's just got to learn how to finish, and if he does that, Evo, he's going to have 15, 16 sacks. And he's, he's going to get, you know, T.J. Watt money. Yep. Um, you know, he, he's going to get Bosa money, something like that. So uh, he understands all that. He gets it from where he was, guys, two years ago when everybody around the state was calling him a bust and, and a wasted pick at number 12. What? It's remarkable how far he's come. Um, and, and like I said, he, he's next in line guys for, for that next big contract. To me, that was one of the big takeaways, uh, you know, from this off season is, is I do think this guy's ready to explode. He's, he's going to be an all pro. He's going to be a pro bowler this year. And. And guys, you know, I think he's going to be one of the two or three best players on what should be a top five defense.
0: All right, Rob. So let me ask you this now. Uh, by the way, th- I was there with the, the Rashawn Gary. Like, I was scratching my head and wondering why the hell they uh, p- you know, picked him and traded up to get a guy like this. But hey, it's that's the first time I've ever been wrong in my life. Looking
1: pretty good. Yeah, Robbie, I didn't like the There's pick at all. People. Yep, I didn't like the pick at all. Thought there was a lot more question marks than there were like things I could hold my hat on. But I'm happy to be wrong, especially if he can be a long-term uh, centerpiece to a defense.
0: Well, Rob, let me ask you this. I just wanted to admit that I was wrong for the first time ever. But let me ask you this, Robbie. So Matt Lafleur, well, when the OTAs first started, was like saying comments that he was, you know, hopeful about David Bakhtiari and that you know we anticipate him to do this and this, and then it never happened. Uh, Matt Lafleur again saying we fully anticipate Bakhtiari being ready to go for training camp. What's the vibe on David Bakhtiari? Was he doing a little more during the OTAs than he was uh, for the previous OTAs? I guess a couple weeks ago. No, he was just re- he was just part of the rehab no, group,
3: and, so, and 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 the rest of that comment too, evil from Matt Lafleur. You know, we fully anticipate him being ready to go. Was his comment about training camp? But then he also added. But we also fully expected him to go at, at various points last I know. year. Um, it, it, believe me, we're we're all fascinated by this story. It, it's kind of a wait and see. Uh, if, if, you know, if I if I had to bet a few bucks on it, I, he he should be out there when camp starts on on July 27th. That first morning when when they'll be out there for that first training camp practice, Evo. But um, you know, again, we, we all expected him, especially after that Lions game in Week 17 last season to be on the field for the San Francisco game in the postseason. I, I think we all expected him back last year, probably by the start of November, certainly by the start of December, because by then you were talking 11 months, almost 12 months in, you know, to, to his rehab. This is one of the more unique, fascinating ACLs we've dealt with. As remarkable as the Adrian Peterson one was, guys, about a decade ago, and that he was back in, what, five, six months, whatever that was, This one here with Bakhtiari is the flip side, and it's got everybody scratching their head that we're talking 18 months, and the head coach isn't definitive in any of his statements whatsoever. Um, And David Bakhtiari has, you know, been, um, you know, all the players have been available to us, Evo, except David Bakhtiari. He he hasn't come out and talked and and said anything and, and, and tried to calm some people down who are obviously terrified about what his status is here for uh, you know, 2022, I I've said it before on your show, Evo. He, he'll be on the roster this year. Um, it costs Green Bay more to release him than it does to keep him. But, but I'll tell you what, if, if this is one of those knee deals that, that he just can't make it all the way back from, don't be shocked if he's not part of of the roster in 2023 because they, they found out last year and, and I know he's coming off an ACL of his own, but they found out last year, Elton Jenkins is the top 12 uh, left tackle in this league and and they they've got an alternate there in, in case they need to move move forward and go in another direction and we'll see how Jenkins comes back from his own ACL you know which he suffered about midway through last season two guys but it, but it sounds like he's on track and he's on pace and, and, and it wouldn't shock me at all to see him when the year starts where at the same point in time we're scratching our heads and wondering just what exactly is, is the future right now of so, David
0: Bakhtiari. So Robbie I'm, I'm curious so you said David Bakhtiari is like the only player that's not been made available then for the media for is he the only one that really Really hasn't been available then
3: well you know all these guys kind for of trickle in big for the big names, for the big names and, I mean. yeah uh, certainly out of the big names i mean most of the guys are just in there and, and if you want certain guys evo you can ask for them and, and they try to make them available um but so is this weird is, then? Kind of is, is this too. something
0: is like is this weird to you is this like a a hey, something doesn't feel right like usually yeah. i would be able to talk to this guy why is this not the case so is it weird Yes.
3: Yes, and 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 really, just even all the answers around it to Evo have been weird, right? Stemming from the positional coach, from the head coach, you know, even even the general manager when he's been asked about it. You know, n- nobody has any definitive statements. No- nobody has a plan in place. That th- I mean, I'm sure they have a plan in place. They're just not making it public. At least, you know, we, we expect him on the field at such and such a date. I mean, he- even the floor said the other day. You know, I you know after that Lions game, they they kind of thought things were fine, yeah. which was obviously week 17 of of last year in the-, in the regular season, and and then they had the bye week, and then they had San Francisco in the divisional playoffs. Evo, and and uh, I mean, it- it's still a head scratcher, and and a lot of people are. You know, I, I don't know. We're, we're certainly taken aback that night against the 49ers when David Bakhtiari was, was inactive for that football game and, and didn't play. So we'll see where it goes from here, Evo. Like I said, I I, I, I I would expect him to be on the field when camp starts. But again, we all expected him at. Numerous times to be on the field in 2021.
0: Rob, two more questions for you. The last one is going to be about a tweet you had made a couple of days ago that Rowdy and I were oh, scratching our heads on. Uh, it is, it's an intriguing one. But before that, Robbie, uh, it's now this little you know lull time for you know the NFL football. There's what July 27th training camp begins. In this time frame, I remember, what, Andrew Corliss firing a gun in a parking lot, Johnny Jolly getting picked up with the purple drink, uh, Zadarius Smith and company with weed in their car. Uh, will anything crazy happen with the Green Bay Packers in this little five-week span here of nothing to do besides maybe get in trouble?
3: Yeah, well, you know, I, I don't know if anything will or won't happen. I did ask Matt before that question uh, the the other day, Evo. Um, you know, you, you guys might be too young to remember this, but the Packers, when Mike Sherman was coaching GM guys, um, what was that, from about 01 to 04, um, he brought in a right-hand man named Mark Hatley. He, he had been with the Bears, and Hatley and I talked quite a bit, and Hatley told me all the time, this was the five-week stretch that he was most terrified of <laughs> uh, on the NFL calendar. And a lot, of, a lot of people around the league obviously feel that way. You know, you, you, you've got young guys, uh, with a lot of time on their hands and a lot of money in their pockets, all of a sudden, and they can go home and get in a lot of trouble quickly. When, when you know, all the hangers-on come out of the woodwork oh, yeah. again and, and want a piece of these guys. Oh, yeah. So, um, no, it, it, it is a terrifying time, guys, for uh, you know, front office executives, head coaches, um, all, all the way through. And you know, Green Bay's got you know a plan in place. They'll they'll try to talk to these guys. As, as much as possible, they they say all the right things as they as they head out the door and warn these guys of the trouble that you know that, that exists out there and that their futures can be affected and are on the line when they make stupid choices. You certainly outlined a few right there, Evo. They've had others through the years. A number, a number, numerous, numerous teams around the league, um, you know, have them all at, the, at this time of year. So it's it, it's a wait and see time, but but I can guarantee you, um, you know, over the next five or six weeks. Matt LaFleur and Brian Gutekunst probably don't get the best sleep possible because they are worried every night when they when they go to bed that they could get that call at, at three in the morning when this guy in Macon, Georgia or right, this this, this guy in Lincoln, Nebraska does something stupid and, and and now the Packers have to find a way to uh to, to deal with those situations. So, no, I, everybody does worry at this time of the year,
0: Evo. Hopefully it's only one phone call. Aaron Rodgers caught with blue of earth therapeutic vomiting somewhere in Hawaii. Maybe that, Hopefully that's the <laughs> only one. All right, Robbie, the tweet that you had that Rowdy and I were very confused on and, and really couldn't understand or wrap our brains around it. Uh, June 12th, my guy Rob Reichel tweets out at 728 p.m. Or, I'm sorry, June 14th at 728 p.m. Doing my first fantasy football draft of 2022. First pack, <laughs> Robbie. Who in the hell does a, a fantasy football draft in June?
3: You want to know who in the hell does Evo?
0: Degenerates.
3: Guys that guys that desperately cannot wait for football season <laughs> to get here and need their fix. So I tweeted out later than to Evo, and and this is kind of funny. This is with a group of guys we we do want to always in mid June. And then we do one probably let's call it September 5th or 7th, you know, a week or five days before the season starts and things will change quite a bit between now and then, right? Where we're going to find out who the quarterback is in San Francisco, right? We're going to, we're going to find out who wins the running back job in, in this city or that city. But, but honestly guys, it's, it's, uh, it's people like me that in that mid-June are, are already bored with baseball and, and, and can't wait to get to pennant races, aren't overly interested in the NBA Finals and need some kind of sports fix and and are June. counting down the days until the NFL season arrives. June. And, 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 Evo, this is our way to get an early fix on, uh, you know. Uh, scratch, uh, that like itch, scratch that top- itch, baby. Scratch that itch. Probably degenerate, but uh, you know what? We, we could probably get be getting in a lot more trouble like some of the NFL guys are, are certainly <laughs> certainly going to do over the next month and a half, Evo. The, 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 this is our way maybe to stay out of trouble.
0: Wow. Uh, what, Rowdy's, Rowdy came to me the other morning. He's like, did you see Rob's tweet last night? I'm like, no, it wasn't. <laughs> I went, look, and I'm like, June uh, draft. Well done, Robbie. But here's the thing. You are degenerate, Robbie. That's why we love you. You can't get, yeah, Evo,
3: you know this. You can't get enough NFL, you can't get enough football, and, and the other stuff just does not fill the
0: void. Robbie, so, uh, you always fill the void for us here. We love it, dude. Uh, Conley Media, Forbes.com, Rob Reichel on Twitter. Rob, you are the man. And again, I'm going to hold back that Craig Council jersey uh sending to you. I'll wait till they win a World Series to send you one, okay?
3: My guess is you will never put any stamps on that package. <laughs> Damn it, Robbie. All right, thanks, All right. Evo. See you, buddy.
0: <laughs> well, there's your answer, though, no, Evo. A June fantasy football draft. Winners win, losers lose, but losers never lose in peace. Another habitual winner, captain of Team Handsome, our guy, George Bolekshi in the house from Nesson. Georgie, what's up, brother?
5: Ebo, that is the greatest intro I've ever gotten, bro. My life has just peaked. Thank uh, you.
0: I mean, you, you've been described as the captain of Team Handsome before, have you not?
5: You know what? Yeah, I have by a gentleman by the name of Ebo.
0: So it, it does mean <laughs> a lot coming back from you. Uh, well, thank you, man. I'm just trying to keep up with the reps in the gym. You know, I'm trying to stay. I'm trying to stay after. I see you on those kettlebells lately, dude. Uh, I, I, yeah. I'm a, I I come and go on the kettlebells, you know? how have they been you treating you nice? Build, build it up.
5: Get after it. You feel awkward at first when you get this stuff down. Yeah. You will find a whole different type of cutness. That's all I'm saying. Oh, Give a, it a go.
0: A whole different kind of cutness with my guy, mm-hmm. Team Handsome, George Biloxi. All right, George. All right, so uh, we first saw you uh, you know, making our TV sets look damn good on NBC15. What was the first golf event that you had covered? And tell the folks where you are right now.
5: The first golf event I ever covered was the AmFam Championship beautiful University Ridge to see Mr. Jerry Kelly win it once again. It was a great time. Now I I live, you know, a nice uh, 10-minute drive from the country club in Brookline, and Tuesday I spent at the practice rounds of the U.S. Open. First time it's been here in 34 years. First major in Boston since 1999 at the country club. So it's a full cast of studs. These dudes, man, I was on the 12th green. Waiting for Kevin Knopf, Phil Mickelson, and John Rahm to approach so we can get shots of them on the putting green. And you ever see you ever see the show
0: three hundred? You ever watch uh, not the show, I'm sorry, Game of Thrones. You ever watch Game of Thrones? I've seen the first season and about halfway through the second. So i That's I, all I, I, need. I know, I know, I get the I know the gist.
5: So in a movie like Lord of the Rings or a show like Game of Thrones, you know when like bow and arrows come out of nowhere and yeah. people get taken out and like where's that from? Yeah. That was golf balls just hitting the pins, like choo, choo, choo. And we're like, where are these guys? They could not see the hole. And then they just come walking along, Phil Mickelson giving the thumbs up, the crowd loving them. And these guys are just a whole different level of skill. It makes you hate yourself because you'll never be that good. And then five minutes later, I'm seeing Finau with his minimal backswing, send a ball 330, And Rory McIlroy just tee off, so it's been fun. And then this weekend will just be really good, with obviously with the skill level of the guys that are competing.
0: Unbelievable. So uh, you brought up Kevin Na, and I know uh, Lefty Phil Mickelson. I wanted to ask you on this. It's something that's been gripping uh, the golf world big time. Live golf, the Saudi League versus the PGA. Uh, I saw like Kevin Mm -hmm. Na was blanking some, like would refuse to like acknowledge some golfers and whatnot. Can you feel it out on the course? The tension between some of these guys, the PGA guys and the Live guys, now. Honestly, between these guys, no. Because
5: what was interesting with the pairing I mentioned, John Rahm spoke at 10 a.m. And first off, like, great dude. He loves the history of the game. Obviously, he just broke out last year winning the U.S. Open. He's looking to repeat this weekend. That's his only major win. But this is a guy that really loves golf. He went in depth of saying why he wouldn't do live golf because of what the PGA has provided for him. It gives more opportunities, obviously, a bigger field. And for him, a guy, he, and he did seem genuine when he, where he said it, where he goes, if I got paid by Live Golf, it wouldn't change my life because I could retire today. So for him, he is just, it's a loyalty thing for him. It's For Rory, it's the same thing for Rory McIlroy. So that's what they went in depth about. Yeah. There are other people that obviously the source of the money, and this to me is what the biggest issue is. Whether you go PGA and you don't like them breaking away, the source of the money is the tough part. But then you have guys like Phil Mickelson taking $200 million. So John Rom went in depth. I'm saying why he would never golf and live. And he was paired up with Phil and Kevin and they were walking together, chatting, maybe recruitment was done. I don't know. I think Rahm is serious in saying how he would stick. Yeah. Rory was the same way, but then he had guys like Brooks Kepka who just hated fielding the questions, but that's because his brother's on live golf. So obviously he just wanted to keep it sure. straight and narrow, not mess with his brother's money on top of his money and possible future money. So Damn. from the players they're still outspoken. Rory said he's not. He's disappointed how Phil carried out his decision to make it happen, but he still has not lost respect for him as a golfer. The fans, though, it's one of those things where I think they're showing even more love and affection for Phil and those guys than they normally would because it is a very big division where you either hear, like, all four live golf or they're all four, they hate the PGA. So that's the interesting standpoint that you get from the fans here.
0: Man, interesting. I mean, so the fans still... I mean, for the most part, like you kind of said, right, fans still loving lefties, still loving the live guys then? They're still like, hell yeah, all in?
5: Oh yeah, all the way, and like it, it's it's one of those where people are shouting stuff, and you're like, you, like, are, would you actually have said that if Liv golf wasn't a thing? I'm like, you're 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 a grown man yelling that at another grown man, dude. It's pretty weird, not yeah. gonna lie. But that's that's the love they're showing for <laughs> Phil. That's the love they're showing, you know, for Dustin Johnson. You know, Bryson DeChambeau, he's not getting much. Hey, by the way, something I noticed. You know, obviously Bryson DeChambeau is a guy that drinks protein shakes and oh, all yeah. that. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. If you put him, John Rahm, and Brooks Kepka. In the same trio, Bryson's the smallest out of those three dudes. So I'm tired of him posting about protein shakes and doing leg crows, dude. This guy is
0: just sounds too like much. he needs to up his proteins up, dude. He got to get he got his pros up. He's got
5: he's got to start doing what you do with your deadlift pulls, and he's got to start hitting those. Oh, kettlebells I'm on the journey guys, for three guy.
0: plates. I'm going to hit three plates either this week or next week, George. I I love it. Please document it, and I will hype you up, my friend. That's happening. I Love it.
1: It seems like with the relationship between the live and the PGA, you have to figure that the PGA would do almost anything in its power to not see one of those live golfers win this weekend.
5: Yeah. I just, it's not like a David Sterner, Adam Silver, picking up the phone to getting Scott Foster to officiate game <laughs> six. That's my thing. <laughs> so, you know what, can they change the pins? It's it, yeah. And that's, a, I think, you know, it's the beauty of golf where that can very likely happen and they have no control over it. But luckily for them, And I think pressure is a real thing here where Rory McIlroy is not looking for only his first major win in eight years and heading into the weekend as the favorite here, but he's become the face of the PGA for this battle and he's become the most outspoken guy. So say if it's tight down the line now, he had to come back to win in the Canadian Open, which gives him momentum coming into this weekend. I mean, that'll just add to it to make it tough on him. Meanwhile, you have guys like Dustin Johnson on the other end and obviously Phil Mickelson where Phil hasn't won a major in, what, 12, 13 months. So maybe less pressure. Maybe these guys are going out and playing looser because this is something they're familiar with. So I agree. I mean, the PGA for sure does not want a live guy winning this because be they want no, to them. dominate the weekend. Yeah. So for them, they have to be pulling for John Rahm. But it's tough. Great driver. His puck game, has his short game hasn't been great lately. And there's a really narrow, narrow course. It's really old. It's very narrow, so for a big driver like him, that's tough, but I agree with you. But it's one of those things where they just have to sit back, and they will be sitting on the ends of their seats, especially on Sunday when it comes down to the wire, hoping that their guys are clear-cut, the ones to win it.
1: I'm glad you brought up, like, pressure in, in Rory McElroy because he was supposed to be the face of golf, kind of when Tiger was in that lull with all of the off-the-course issues, and they even renamed the Tiger Woods PGA uh, golf golf game after Rory McIlroy. And then, like you said, he hasn't done much in recent history. And now all of a sudden he is the face of golf again for the PGA tour because some of these bigger names have left.
5: Yeah, that's what I remember the same thing. Like I was a big, like Rory guy. Like I was rooting for him. It's it's a young kid, a dude that's not from the States, but is really good in the media, really well spoken. And someone that's good at golf. And I mean, just, Hits the absolute, you can't say, like hits the laces off the golf ball, using a baseball term there. I had to clean up my language for you guys. No, but just the show's the, called over the
0: line, George. You can do whatever you want.
5: Hits the crap out of the ball. That's what I'll say. <laughs> okay. Hits the crap out of the ball. Just a beautiful swing. And I, it might be the, that pressure early on. Now, does it mount up this way? Or maybe does the PGA really backing him through all this and him, confidently standing up against live golf. Does that boost his confidence? Cause that's what he said today, uh, yesterday, uh, practice rounds. He didn't mention pressure. He said confidence from the Canadian open. He said momentum. So that's one thing I think the drop off in his game, it just doesn't make sense. And he's choked away wins over the years too, but that was good to see at the Canadian open. But this is a much better field, a more skilled field, and this course is really difficult too. So we'll see.
0: Also, that course looking extra again handsome on us, George. A, a personal note from you before we get into what you're doing tonight after a little, uh, you know, U.S. Open stuff. Um, I, I saw on your Instagram account, and I highly suggest everyone go follow George Instagram, Twitter, uh, TikTok as well at George Baleksi, B A L E K J I. Are you? Is this the first Armenian sports reporter covering the U.S. Open? I I saw you post this. Is this the first time this has happened? (laughs) Congratulations, by the way. What does that mean for you and the fam?
5: No, no, definitely not the first. uh, There is Carrie Goregui, and she works for the Boston Herald here. She's been around for a while. So I assume she was here in 1999 or covered the U.S. Open. But uh, my friend Andre Kacatorian, let me throw Armenian last names your guys away. He runs Armenian Sports News. And he's one of my biggest supporters, so I always appreciate him giving me shout-outs. But it's uh, awesome. it still cool. Yeah, yeah. You know, representation matters of, you know, everywhere people come from. So that's something I don't take lightly to represent where my great-grandparents came from and obviously my mom's heritage and all, and all that. So, unfortunately, no Armenian golfers in the field. So I think I'm going to switch to full-time golfing. Yeah hoping I get good enough at the age of 28. I'll give myself, I guess, 32 <laughs> years old. And then I'll just win the U.S. Open, and I'll just beat Rory. So I'll stop his eventual stealing of the throne from Tiger, I guess, you know?
1: Well, they do say that a golfer's prime is until he's about 50, so you got plenty of time.
0: You're golden. Right, dude. You're golden.
5: If I if I make it onto the tour and I'm consistently there, Rowdy, you're my caddy.
0: Buddy. Oh, can I be your hype man? Can I follow you around yes. and hype you up? All yes, right, cool.
1: Yes, 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 I'll be your well, tra- we'll we'll then,
0: train. we will be your trainer.
1: I'm gonna have to do a ton it, of research because I'm only feeling good about one course, and it happens bells. to be in the South Central uh, Wisconsin area for uh, knowing <laughs> courses. It'll be Edgerton, Wisconsin, the beautiful Coachman's Country Club. Okay,
0: I love <laughs> it. I love it. We're, I, I'm in. I'm yeah. sold. Let's do it, George. Something to Elsa uh, and uh, dude tonight. Uh, How about this for you? you got the U.S. Open underway, and then you're going to, what, Game 6 of the NBA Finals tonight in Boston? What are we thinking of the Celtics' chances of staving off of uh, elimination and the Warriors winning it all?
5: Yeah, I'll say um, I'm between, you know, I'm trying to figure out what my suit will be tonight. I'm between all black for the funeral, or maybe I'll go blue. But either way, I'm not giving the Celtics a chance by what I'm wearing. I think that that Game (laughs) 5 loss, man, the fourth quarter chokes, Ime Doko is adamant that they're just not playing consistent. It's the turnovers. It's Derek White and Grant Williams not showing up at all. So their eight-man rotation is really down to five, it feels like, of effective players. Meanwhile, the Warriors are getting deeper. They're getting better. Andrew Wiggins, Jordan Poole, Gary Payton, it just makes them better. I'm saying within the first seven, eight minutes tonight, guys, we will know if the Celtics will win or lose this game. And I'm not giving that much of a chance because I just the the disappearance of Jason Tatum offensively. Yeah, he had his thirteen assist game. He's had his good shooting, but he's not making winning plays like he did earlier in the playoffs. And him and Jalen Brown are getting caught late in the game if they're trailing or if it's tight where they just have to score and not making winning plays. Meanwhile for the Warriors They've played their game. Draymond Green got out of that weird funk where he was Ben Simmons in yeah. game four, and <laughs> that's just what it's emerged as. I give credit to the coaching of the Warriors. I give credit to the Warriors as a championship team, but it's also what the Celtics aren't doing, and that's what worries me a lot for tonight. If they win, I will be shocked. I really don't care that it's at the Garden. This could be at the Oracle Arena. It could be at Pfizer Forum. It could be at an outdoor court down by Lake Mendota, and I still think the Warriors would beat them.
1: So you mentioned obviously Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum and kind of their struggles, and you mentioned Andrew Wiggins. Well, we also had another bet on Marcus Smart. What are your What are your thoughts on Marcus Smart tonight? Need a lot of shots. More more yeah. shots or more flops? Which one?
5: Oh, man, you need more. You need more makes. He's <laughs> putting up those shots and less flops because even yeah, you go back to that flop on Clay. You're, you're giving Clay Thompson a wide open twenty seven foot look. And not getting off your butt either so he had plenty of time to measure that one and knock it down it just it, it goes back to what they're doing and when they're looking for these calls and then you do that and you complain to the refs and then you get teed up and yeah. have that whole sequence so that's the tough part and i'll say though i mean what andrew wiggins did is what jason tatum needed to do this series wiggins sees a much different defense than tatum would obviously because tatum is that guy but if Wiggins has another great game and stuff kind of falls off, you never know what could happen for finals MVP.
0: George, absolutely love the coverage, man. And what, what a week for you, man. U.S. Open, NBA Finals, dude, and just looking good doing it. We love you, brother. Follow him on Twitter, uh, Instagram, TikTok, George Balekji, B-A-L-E-K-J-I. George, thanks so much for the time, man. Always a pleasure. You guys are the best. Love you guys. Thank you. Much love. See you, homie. There he is. Rowdy, found this clip. Uh, what was this over the weekend, Rowdy? On, on Monday, or I forget. Yeah, exactly. it's
1: probably it was like last week.
0: Uh, take a listen to CC Sabathia. It was uh, so Miles Michaelis threw 129 pitches the other night. Uh, almost was pulled from what one out away, Rowdy? One batter away from a complete game.
1: Yeah, the last batter that he faced got the the hit that Harrison Bader probably makes that play uh, nine times out of ten. He yeah. came in on the ball when if he had went back. It's a catch. Dodgers lefty last night.
0: Tyler Anderson almost had a complete game. He had 117 pitches. Shohei Otani hit a triple uh, with, what, eight and one-third innings of work. Corbin Burns pitched. How many pitches did Corbin Burns Not last night, but the start before? 113,
4: 113, I believe. Do you think after that game? Yachty went up to uh, Harrison Bader and was See, like, We don't tank for personal reasons here. Yeah.
0: But <laughs> right, so this is on MLB Network Showcase. CeCe Sabathia sitting down. It's during a Padres Mets game, and they ask him about his days with the Brewers. See, take me back. Now,
6: I've always wanted to ask you, look, this, this is just absolute filth. That's. Oh, my God. Take
0: me back real quick.
6: This is just Milwaukee days. Oh. This is like you picked the day. Yeah.
0: <laughs> he did. The. It, Applause, look quick. if you do hear um if you do hear clips that are audio lists no audio it's because they're swearing they edited it out so that, that's that's what that is I did.
5: This yesterday.
6: <laughs> <laughs> I after, but that's a mindset it was just the arm was just like like it was just had a it was kind of both I mean I was feeling really really good
7: and I like I didn't want it to end. You know what I'm saying? Like, everybody was like, hey, you got free agency coming up. And I was so locked in that I thought the more that I pitched, the more money I could make. That sounds crazy, right?
6: No, it sounds Where real. everybody goes Nobody like. Nobody says. But yeah, everybody, right. yeah, but everybody <laughs> goes where like, hey,
7: you got to protect yourself because you got me up on no, this no, contract. I'm no. like, no, I need to show people that I can pitch under this pressure and that I can pitch on three days rest and I can carry a franchise because I'm trying to get paid. So, I mean, I can sit there and say that now. You know yeah. what I'm saying, but yeah. that's what I was feeling, man. It's like, facts, though. and the team, like, we had such a good the chemistry vibe. with that with that squad. Cam, Mike Cameron was our leader, there, like, yeah. Betancourt. You know, yeah, it was. It was. Is it Uniskey Betancourt? Yeah,
4: who throws, who throws in who bet- throws Uni no, B in there? Hold on, the first name named after Mike, Mike Cameron, Cameron Unie B, bat- Just want gonna- this
1: put out there. Uni B wasn't on that team.
4: Yeah. <laughs>
1: was uni B like was he He in, was, he was he on, he in, on the two thousand eleven team.
4: Was uni it was, you're
1: right. Was Uni B in um
0: was, it was in it Japan was, then?
1: J.J. Hardy was the shortstop.
0: Was he? Was, didn't Unib e come back from overseas to play for the Brewers?
1: I know he was with the Royals too. I I don't know exactly Unib's e timeline. He's yeah. not exactly my favorite player. I mean, yeah, I mean, you see Unib, and out of all the players on that roster, even if he was, which he wasn't, he'd be very low on guys she I would have named. Deskey in <laughs>
0: Court. All right, so uh, I pause right there. I'm going to get back to it. CeCe C. Sabathio saying he wanted to do it right. It was a mindset, and he wanted to show people that he can do it uh, under the pressure and perform because he wanted, and I quote, to get paid. Here's more from uh, CC talking about his days with the Brewers on Pitching Every Three Days. The
7: Celt was on that team. We had J.J. Hardy. It, I mean, we, it was, a, it yeah, was squad. a great squad. Squad. And I didn't want the season to end. Right. Right. So I'm like, if I got to pitch every day, I will. And you it, know what I'm saying? Like literally, you pitch. So if I got to
0: pitch every day, yeah, I, will. I will.
7: Every other day. I, yeah, I was just pitching on three days rest. And, you know, I went in there and told him. Uh, Dale Swain was like, man, you know, you got free agency coming up. Like, you don't have to do this. And I was like, I'm pitching today and I'm pitching in three days and then I'm pitching three <laughs> days after that. You know hey, what I'm saying? Like, hey, this is what's
6: going to happen. Cliffy. All right. <laughs> looking at me, CC pitched September 16th, 20th, 24th, 28th, and <laughs> then and the postseason. It, it was incredible. And I think the, these kids today need to hear this and see this, if you want to win a championship Take a page out. And I don't, I don't care what teams be saying. Sometimes, look, if you feel good, I'm only saying if you feel, if you feel good, good, if you feel good, take a page out of the book, man. It, it, you, you, you will go through a wall. If your dude is coming to the ballpark pitching every other day, every third day, I say every other day because it sounds
0: better than me because it looked like every time we're talking <laughs> to
6: it's like, I know he just pitched two days.
0: <laughs> but, so, all right, well, we'll pause right there for a second here. So, um, they're basically saying, Kids these days, the players in major league, look what CC did. This is what you need to and do. And that's
1: the thing. It's like if you're not keeping them out there, having him pitch every three days, if he's like, oh, my arm doesn't feel good or, you know, the, maybe the yeah. elbow or shoulder hurts a little bit. But when you have guys like just, just for Brewers, like Corbin Burns or Brandon Woodruff, who were throwing extremely well last year, noticeably pissed off when they're getting taken out of the game. I think it means a little bit to let them go. Especially yeah. Yeah. because of the caliber of pitcher that they are. Yeah. yeah.
0: I mean Miles Michaelis two nights ago says I'm in the best shape of my life. It's not a problem for me. That's what starters train all year for. Mm-hmm. Uh going the distance is always the goal. Miles Michaelis. Here's more. From it's like lists. you'll do anything. As and a, you know what?
7: It brought me closer to those guys. I'm still close with Prince and
6: Ricky and yeah. Cam. And because they might have been thinking you UDS were going to go UDS. the other way. <laughs> uh, we're getting this dude as a rental, as a free nope. agent to be. He's going to nurse it the whole uh, we'll, right. we'll get what we get every five days. Absolutely. And
7: you know what? For me, I had to go all in because getting traded from Cleveland somewhere, like you know, I mean, that organization was great. I loved it there. I was so close with all the people top <laughs> to bottom from Mike Segge to the president of the Bay. To you UTV. know he was? Paul, Williams, the Paul pitching Williams, coach. from Pitcher right. People We're <laughs> So when I got traded from there, I was devastated. But then I looked at oh. it like, uh-oh. No, I'm, no I'm more. more. There's also a game where guys know. are talking no. about no, no, Oh yeah, no. You got, you
1: got <laughs>
0: pet code, <laughs> well, uh I'll, I'll save the rest of this for the next segment because there's three minutes left of this. But, I mean, that's just a little peek in, right, Rowdy?
1: Yeah, and, like, those, those Cleveland teams that he was on, like, you think about some of the starters that they had in that time frame Cleveland had some really good freaking starters and they obviously were rebuilding and traded a lot of those guys ended up making it to the world series in 2016 after about eight years of a rebuild. Yeah. But you think of that, that rotation they had the at one point happened. they had CC Sabathia. They had Fausto Carmona who was really good until he had elbow injuries. And then it was uh cliff Lee ends up being a Philly. Yeah. So All three of those guys were Cy Young candidates.
0: CC Sabathia was MLB Network showcase talking about his time with the Milwaukee Brewers of pitching every three games. Uh, I think that worked out
4: pretty well for the Milwaukee Brewers when they let uh, yeah. pitchers like CC pitch. Yes, boys. I he started seventeen games uh, in his post, uh, you know, post trade deadline move. I think that was right around the All Star break. Or was that a? a yeah, okay. It, it was a. It was a deadline
1: deal. Yeah, and it, for the most part, that Milwaukee Brewers team wasn't a World Series contender. No,
4: it was like a fringe wildcard team. It was a hey, we can finally make the playoffs. Exactly, Let's do they it.
1: hadn't been to the playoffs in like thirty years since the My World Series. Life. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it had been forever. So I totally get. Where Doug Melvin at the time was coming from. Yeah. We need to make the playoffs. We have enough talent here. We need to, you know, kind of set a precedence that we're a playoff ball team now. And yeah, they gave up some big time prospects, which Matt Laporta amounted to nothing. Yeah. yeah. The biggest the biggest uh name that wasn't a big name that they ended up trading away in that deal was the player to be named later, who was actually selected off uh, and how that works is Normally, it's like an agreed upon player name yeah, list. Yeah, and then at said date, the other GM goes, "All right, I actually like so and so off this list." It was Michael Brantley, who's a multiple time All Star yeah. with the Indians and now with the Astros, who was like in low level baseball at the time of the deal. No one knew who Michael yeah. Brantley was. Right.
0: All right. So Cece Sabathia is saying that a it was a mindset of what he wanted to do, and b uh, he felt good and also wanted to get paid. And he's like, give me the ball, I'm yeah. going to do it. Here's the CeCe Sabathia, Sabathia, excuse me, talking with uh, Cliff Floyd. Who else is on there? Uh, Yonder, Yonder Alonzo. Alonso, uh, Steven Nelson as well. As CC Sabathia. Here you go. Oh, you, better be oh. you better
6: be safe. You better be safe. There's a game going on. by yeah.
0: the way. Hey, hey now. Hey now. Back in it.
8: Good for him, man. That's first knock there. He was he was yeah. absolutely mashing in AAA too. Was he? Yeah, so he was he, mashing. Recapping the, the game that's happening I think in that football. was one of the reasons why they let Robinson Cano go because they, they felt like this kid was getting every day at bats and really producing. I mean, his on base percentage was over 400. So, Yandel Alonzo,
1: the guy talking, right, I, yeah. I, I, I played big, big league baseball. Actually, married yeah, to that's Manny Machado's sister. There There's your fun fact on that.
4: Really? I hope Manny Machado's sister just not the same attitude as Manny Machado. Yeah, probably is. a tough relationship. I want to I want to ask you <laughs> this, too,
8: because, you know, when you pitch in Milwaukee, was in those. I was, I was so it looked baseball. exactly
6: like Pete Alonzo slider.
8: I want to ask you this because you were dominant. You know, it, it, it was you got closer to these guys, but it was also the dominance of going out there and not just four and dive. No, no, it was like. I'm gonna go every three, but I'm gonna go quality outings. I'm gonna go do my thing, and I'm gonna go as deep as I can. In the game. And was that kind of a the message, or was that just your goal? No,
7: nah, it was just my goal. And like and like I said, man, it's just one of those weird things where I was feeling so good that like every time I went out there, it was like Little League, where I was like, I'm finishing this game. That's awesome. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I hadn't felt that man. since I was in like high school, where I'm like, I'm going out here and I know I'm finishing this game today. From the time I walked to the bullpen.
8: Done. It's, oh it's, yeah, like I'm man. Finished. Yeah, what was the that. clubhouse like vibe like when you knew you we were? We had
7: so much fun. But like man. coming in, was that
8: like? Sh- uh, Cece day. Today. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like yeah. you know when your when your horses are coming in. Hey, sh- it's CC day today, man. No, I know. I know. On that Ooh. last
7: day, I remember um, the, the the day before the last game of the season, uh, the Mets needed to lose for us not to go and play them in a one game playoff. Um, and I remember everybody was like, "We need to pack our stuff because just in case we lost, we would have had to go play the Mets too." And we were sitting at the table. It was me, Prince, Ricky, Billy Hall, um, and Cam. And I was like, Bill. "I'm not packing nothing. Huh,
4: I'm like, not packing we're gonna nothing. win the this game.
7: And, like I'm I'm coming here with no suitcase at all." <laughs> and I just got up and left the table. I packed the suitcase, and brought it, <laughs> but I left it in the car. I, I showed up the next day with no suitcase, but I left <laughs> it <line laughs> in the car. So that's I had smart. to like back it up, you know what I'm saying? Man. Like I couldn't show up with a suitcase and the next day. I, I literally <laughs> packed it, but I left it in the parking lot. So, hey, so that's, <laughs> the,
6: that's the part of the story you leave untold most of the time. Yeah, I didn't bring one.
7: No, I didn't bring one. I didn't bring
6: one. No, 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 but I had one. <laughs> <Yeah, it. laughs> when they <laughs> saw yeah. you without a suitcase, yeah. everybody, everybody was like right,
7: Yeah, everybody was oh. like, okay, Yo. you're gonna win today. You, know know wait what I'm today. Saying? you see yeah. me right now?
6: I just set up,
8: dog. I was like. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, I'm ready, man. Oh. Like, I'm ready. When you see, like, a horse like that, your ace like that, man, it's just like, you're you, you putting on your cleats different. You know what i we only seen a couple guys do it. Your is different. You know, everything's
6: different. Yeah, we want only see a couple guys do that. That's, that's Him and why. Mad Bum. Yeah. Like, when you think about, like, guys that have done it, where you're like, give me the ball. yep, And get out the way. Yeah, yeah, get out the way. And we see Mad Bum do it when they won yep. the World yep. Series. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yep. Like, it's just...
0: Is
5: different.
0: Well, oh, so you know, know. Uh, I, I love that at the end there, Rowdy. When I, I have to hear people tell me uh, they shouldn't pitch. They should be bubble wrapped. It it's meaningless. And then you hear actual players like CeCe Sabathia uh, or Yonder uh, yonder Alonso over here also saying, You're different. When you see your ace come in, he puts on his cleats different. You feel different in the clubhouse. Yeah, and, and- so there's a winning mentality.
1: Cliff Floyd even mentioned how you want to play for that guy. You talk about Miles Michaelis and his comments, and then you had other Cardinals saying we wanted him to stay out there, we wanted him to get it. Like we all wanted this. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Then I got to hear guys with socks with sandals tell me that I'm wrong in believing the player who says that, and they're right because they know better than the guy who's actually doing it. Here's
4: your okay. Seventeen starts in two and a half months. 11-2, 1.65 11-2, and two, 1.65 ERA, seven complete games, three shutouts, 128 strikeouts. Should have had a no-hitter. That Yep, yeah, should have had a no-hitter. That equivalates to just under nine strikeouts per nine innings. Uh, I mean, yeah, we all know what he did. And, and it, you still got to go back and look at the stats and you're like, yeah, he was great. And then you look at it and you're like, he was better than great during his time that season with the Milwaukee Brewers. And the thing with like CC is
1: people that are gonna say, Oh, you're gonna, you know, blow was his him. arm out or this is gonna happen or he's gonna get hurt. This was CC Sabathia's innings pitched the season before, two forty one. Yep. That season where the Brewers rode him, two fifty three. <laughs> the years after, two thirty, 230, almost two thirty eight Almost 238 again, 200, 211. This guy was a horse that, in his entire career, Mm -hmm. was logging in most of the seasons where he was younger 200 plus innings. A year. Mm-hmm. But I'm
0: told I'm wrong by dudes wearing socks with sandals or Crocs and about he how the same, they the don't let pitcher's guy pitch.
1: And also admitted he didn't even play Little League Baseball. Yeah. yeah. This is where the numbers get too far into That's the game. This where
0: analytics ruin everything. You got a bunch of nerds sitting around the pocket protectors nerds. telling you like how to play the game when dudes who actually do it for a living tell you the exact opposite. Let me be me. Like. Am I the one taking crazy pills? Like analytics, I don't think
1: so. analytics, I believe has made the game better in certain aspects, but also it's used too much. Where it's like you're getting in the way of a good thing, just in general, because you're too deep in the weeds of these numbers. Let winners win and losers lose.
0: Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, but the losers can never lose in peace.
1: And I wouldn't go out and say that CC Sabathia ran out of gas in the playoffs. They ran into a phenomenal Phillies team. That was like the odds on favorite to win the World Series. Yeah. Like that was that Phillies teams from like the late 2000s, to early 2010s was stacked.
0: So let me ask you guys
1: before we hit break and news will be coming up. Who are
0: you going to believe? A nerd with socks and sandals or CeCe Sabathia, the guy who did it? <laughs> Rowdy, we'll start with you.
1: I'll go with CeCe and the major leaguers that actually can do it. Uh, RJ?
0: I'll take CC. I as well will take CC Sabathia. Man, like, yeah. I
1: totally get if CeCe Sabathia was taking the ball on three days rest and all of a sudden he comes to Dale Swain and goes, I can't do it this week. My my elbow's a little sore. I'm not really feeling great. Fine. We got we, we have a better option. We yeah. can go find someone else that feels healthy. But when the guy says, I feel good, I want the ball, I want no one else but CC pitching.
0: Give me the guy who's got the eye of the Tiger, man. Who
1: else on that Brewers team would you want throwing – in pitching every day, it was what Giovanni Gallardo, CC Sabath, like Seth McClung. Yeah. Seth McClung. Seth yeah. McClung was in that
4: rotation. Yeah,
0: he can't even follow us back on Twitter.
4: <laughs> even though you kind of Rowdy got him, was big break. Yep, nerds, man. Give me CC. Give it Miles Michaelis said
0: it just two nights ago. We're built for this. The, the goal is to go the distance every time you're out there. Yeah. And after 129 pitches of Michaelis, he says, I'm ready for my next well, that, start. That
1: used to be the thing back in I'm the ready day. For my next it, one. It was when you take the ball, you again. wanted to finish the game. It was your game. It now again. it's like that magic number of 100. If you get close to it, all right, your time's done. We're bringing in someone else.
0: Kershaw was pulled from a perfect game.
1: Yep. And guess where that led him? Nowhere. To the IL a month and a half later. Because uh, well, they really saved them. Yeah, they really saved them. <laughs>